1: So you're here because you want to know modern, vintage, everything in the world of card collecting today. Chuck, he's the collector, and Joe, he's the dealer, welcome you to the best card talk that covers it all. From the hottest new cases to 67 high numbers. All brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Breathe easier about life with Oxygen Financial. Visit OxygenFinancial.net and by sports card investor the leading source for videos podcasts and articles about investing in sports cards profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com
2: collector dealer take it away he's right it's accurate it is the collector and the dealer episode 31 never anything like 2020 i am chuck oliver i am the collector been doing this since i was a second grader and found some 1975 tops cards and i was like hey are there more of these so i've been doing it for about four and a half decades like i said i'm chuck oliver i'm the collector he's joe davis he's the dealer joe how are you today
3: Doing great, Chuck, and you are right. Never been a year like 2020 in this hobby.
2: Yeah, let's uh, give everybody a quick flyover. I told everybody I've been collecting for 45 years. You've been collecting as long as I have, but then you took it a different direction about three decades ago as well. You're a dealer now. Tell everybody your history and then also um, how to get in touch with you.
3: You're right, Chuck. I've been dealing since the late 80s, opened our first store back in 1991, and if they want to find us online, they can go to gotbaseballcards.com, G-O-T, baseballcards.com, and uh, Facebook, same thing, YouTube, same thing, so really easy to find on the web, and uh, we're always happy to assist customers with grading, with purchases, with a service, whatever they need.
2: And there are experts there as far as singles experts, sets, the new product. Uh, if you're dealing with Joe and his crew, um, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the top of the list. There's really, really good folks, and uh, obviously they got all the selection you want. We are brought to you each week uh, by Oxygen Financial. My wife and I have been personal clients of Oxygen for years now, um, and at first it was just help with our taxes. We wanted to make sure we weren't paying too much, and, and we had been. Uh, But then also with investments and and even life insurance, getting a better quote on that. So Oxygen Financial, it is comprehensive. Like I said, we have been uh, clients with Oxygen Financial for years, and it's been awesome. If you have any sort of uh, questions, financial issues uh, that you want to ask about, oxygenfinancial.com go there tyler ted anybody can help you great folks my personal recommendation oxygenfinancial.com joe we're also here because of a good friend of ours jeff wilson and sports card investor
3: yeah jeff and his crew are top notch when it comes to help providing investment advice and and doing data analytics on our hobby and uh, i got to meet with uh of their top tech guys a few, couple of weeks ago and discuss some of the innovations that they're working on and they've got some great stuff coming for their customers and highly recommend their youtube channel sportscardinvestor.com and sportscardinvestor investor on youtube great great folks over there
2: yeah no doubt at all all right we said never anything like year 2020. Uh, this is the first episode of the collector and the dealer of the new calendar year and joe i just wanted to kind of walk through the past year in the hobby and the industry and those are two different focuses and it's interesting that by pure happenstance i had somebody that had a collection that went from about the mid 50s up until you know late 80s and i had put him in touch with you and you and i we actually kind of started the year together back in january the day the kobe news came down you were evaluating this run of sets um talk about from that moment forward what happened with kobe cards in particular worst reason possible but you told me you got back to the store and there were already orders there for kobe cards you had cards in your five dollar box ten dollar box that were going for 50 75 over 100
3: yeah and and we had a a lot of customers who got some really good deals because they bought them before i mean uh, because you know obviously we, we had everything listed sadly tragically passed away and we sold thousands of kobe cards that week and we were scrambling to replace them a lot of them we we honestly there was a lot of them we lost money on because we we had the order and we had sold it on two sites and we were chasing you know chasing the card down and but um kobe was just one of the many i mean the, the entire basketball market just exploded last year and uh, in, in ways i've never seen before just epic proportions
2: yeah give a couple of examples of the uh, early code. And you've told me that you can even get into some guys. I mean, if you're really the icons, the luminaries, you're into year four, five, six, seven, maybe even, and there's still a lot of value. And the further, obviously, away from the rookie card, there's more blue sky. But talk about some of the earlier, maybe the rookies, but the second, third, fourth year Kobe's and kind of the ones that you would tell people to target if they want to get in now.
3: Yeah, uh, and... and um just to let everybody know i do buy up a lot of second third year kobe lebron so i'm not just promoting uh for that purpose but because i'm a big believer in those i'll give you an example just yesterday we sold a second year kobe chrome tops chrome for 450 in a psa nine six even six months ago you could buy that card for 20 bucks raw and so there's been huge growth in the second year third year stuff um I think there's still a lot of room, especially on the chrome issues, the Bowman's best issues, the finest, you know, the real premium. What was premium quality back in the late 90s? So um, I think there's still a lot of room there, both him and LeBron, both in the early
2: years. Obviously, right after the the Kobe tragedy, um, when the pandemic hits and the lockdown for a lot of folks come, um there's the last dance and then Michael Jordan cards and honestly anything related to Michael Jordan uh including unopened product from 86 87 Fleer it has all taken off and this is a guy hadn't played an NBA game in like 15 years um just talk a little bit about MJ and what's going on in his market
3: yeah we can yeah we thought the last dance was some thought it was a temporary bump but no (laughs) they've his stuff has continued to soar The vintage wax has continued to so people still chase um, all his older inserts, parallels, um, incredible demand. I mean, you know, we're we're grading, you know, 10th year. It really doesn't matter if it's a nice looking Jordan card. We think it's going to grade high. Then it's a candidate to grade. I mean, even even like 92
2: Ultra, 92, 93 Ultra, which they
3: printed a ton of those. PSA 10s are still like 150 to 200 dollars
2: if we talk about LeBron which obviously he would be the new if Kobe, MJ and LeBron, I mean he didn't debut until what 2004 um, and the market for LeBron with another title and he's in La La Land now um it it literally you couldn't have a more perfect scenario for a basketball player's cards to be popular and in demand and of course rising in price than what's going on with LeBron.
3: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, 0304 was his rookie season and of course he's been the the darling child of the NBA ever since then as far as cards he's been the one everybody's wanted and regardless of the negative press he's had over the years um his stuff continues to rise we currently have on our website a uh PSA 80304 topped gold LeBron numbered to 99 for 125,000 but there are bargains still out there as well I mean if those who remember well they upper deck really went to town making all these little box sets of LeBron mm-hmm. during the year and his second year. And I have bought up large quantities of those to break them down for grading because I'm like, it's still a LeBron rookie year card. You know, wh- whether you go, oh, that's just from a box set. I'm like, hey, it's still a 2003, 2004 LeBron card. And then they did another, uh, the next year they did a combo set of him and Carmelo called the Rivals. And so they have gold parallels in them and so – I think those are absolutely a bargain, even at current numbers, when you compare them to what his traditional rookie cards are bringing.
2: Well, let's talk about some of the other hot cards in baseball and the NFL um, over the calendar year of 2020. I'm going to guess it would be Patrick Mahomes after the MVP year and the Super Bowl title and the brand-new contract, and he's in the news and such a likable kid. I'm going to call him a kid. Um, but was it Mahomes? Who, who others uh, in the NFL whose cards have taken off?
3: Uh, yeah, you're right. Mahomes led the way, but uh, Lamar Jackson had a huge, had a lot of growth last year. Um, Aaron Rodgers, very, very strong throughout the year. Russell Wilson, you know, it's usually led by the quarterbacks, you know, the, the guys who are trending, uh, whether it's the young stars like Mahomes. I mean, Brady stuff's still selling well. I mean, people are still amazed at, at the numbers he's putting up at his age. And you know you've already got more rings than anybody else, and you're still performing. So, his stuff is. I mean, I'm I'm grading you know twelfth and thirteenth year Brady cards still. So you know, it. But uh, in, as far as the NFL, it's usually quarterbacks that lead the way.
2: Uh, Major League Baseball, even in a shortened sixty game season, I would say about the first half of the season, it was holy smokes, Fernando Tatis Jr. And then it was uh, Luis Robert and a bunch of other. I mean, young yeah, superstars.
3: Both yeah. Right. Yeah. Bichette. Uh, sell a lot of his stuff. Tatis is still strong. Probably
2: Vlad Jr. Maybe.
3: Yeah. 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 We still have some say, well, he's not going to be as good as his dad, you know, but he's still a, he's still a good seller. And, um, and a lot of it's not even the guys, it's the products, you know, cause people, people buy up all the like the Bowman Chrome draft, you know, and the Bowman's best, they buy them up like stocks, like long-term stocks are like, I don't know who's going to be good out of this, but there's bound to be somebody take off from this in the next year or two. So people just buy up the boxes, and you know they either they break them down and grade, or they sit them on the closet shelf and and uh, and wait a year or two until they know who is the new stud out of it. So uh, uh, all the all the hot rookie baseball products were very good this year.
2: And Joe, uh, before we take our break um, and and wrap up sort of the recap of 2020, talk about the releases that caught our fancy this past year. And it could be any sport, any manufacturer. And and I think you may roll for a while because I was up at your store the other day. And I just happened to look over and I saw a box of Upper Deck, I think it was, I guess, 2020-21 Hockey. And I was like, hey, how's that selling? And you're like, it's like everything else, it sells. Um, It Basically, and you talked about how they got the Young Gun cards and the Hot Rookie and all that. I mean, just talk about some of the releases, but it's kind of all of them this past year, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, I can't think of a cold product, honestly. Even products where we come out and we go, wow, the content in this isn't great. It still sells. Uh, I literally I, I can't think of a single product that went down in cost this year, which is is very rare to say. Update uh, hockey's been great. Um, I mean even even tops update, which honestly is one of the weakest now that it's come out, and I know the checklist. It's one of the weakest checklist tops has released in an update series in years, but it's still well above cost because there's still so much just demand for baseball cards in general. So, but uh, as far as what trended, um, you know, prism, optic, select—basically, the shinier the better. You know, Bowman Chrome, Bowman's best. You know, shiny chrome cards in any sport sell really well and and sell for for crazy numbers. I mean, I mean, Prism Football came out the first week. SRP, I believe, is one fifty a box. Uh huh market was 1100 as soon as it came out
2: okay so let me ask you about it because that's a brand new product let me ask you about a product that i did months and months and months ago and i've referred to this a couple of times i was at that show the last show i went to was the end of february in nashville it was a nice eye show um and i told you a story i saw a guy walk up to a dealer like we're in nashville tennessee and the guy not football it's not baseball he's like i do you have prism basketball and that was the hot release with zion right Yep. Okay. Joe, I think he said, I'll take all your boxes. And the guy had six, seven, or eight boxes. And I want to say that in at the end of February, the boxes were like $800 a piece. Does that sound right? And what is the market for those now?
3: Yeah, I believe. The, I haven't had any of the hobby in stock in a while. I believe they're in the $3,000, $3,500 price range now. I haven't had any in quite a while. So I the know box there...
2: it was 800 bucks 10 months ago.
3: Yeah. Wow. Well, well, here, here's an even bigger say the, the retail version, which has like one auto per box, I believe. I remember selling those in the store for, I think when they came out, they were around ninety to a hundred dollars a box.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: They're two thousand now. That's a twenty twenty fold increase in less than a year.
2: Holy smokes! um And I, if I could let people see behind the curtain just a little bit, um you and I were talking. I mean, literally the weekend that the shutdown happened. Um, and you told me later that because of so much uncertainty, I mean, you were like every other business Joe. whether it's a restaurant or an insurance agency, you're like, I got employees. I don't know what I'm going to do. You told me that you sort of offloaded some of your unopened product and you look at it now and go, uh Oh, I mean, there was no, there was no way to predict that, but you're like, I want some of those boxes back that I sold. Yeah. I, I
3: literally remember the night the NBA shut down. And Jane and I, um, you, know, you know, Jane, we were talking. We were like, what are we going to do? This is awful. You know, there's not going to be any sports. Who's going who's to buy cards if, if there's nothing to watch on TV? There's no players performing. I'm like, I've got to move some inventory. And so what was so funny is I tried to fill. There were some buy ads on the dealer network I'm on. And I'm like, hey, I see you got to buy for this at, you know, 400 a box. And then by the next morning, he's like, no, we're pulling all of our buy ads. We, you know, we don't, we, we're, we're, everything's too uncertain right now. Pour we're in not- cash. Yeah. And so everybody was like, don't want product. I just want to sit on my cash. And so then I have, you know, one or two guys who were doing breaks online. They're like, oh, we can still move it. So I was, thank you, Lord, let's move this stuff. And and uh I'd rather have some cash in the bank right now in these uncertain times. You know, and now some of those same boxes I was selling off in in march and april have gone up fivefold since then
2: um that's just kind of been the year it, it, it's been in the industry as well as the hobby all right we're going to take a quick break when we come back uh an update on a new program from joe davis as well as autographed vintage cards that's next on the collector in the daily
0: this morning in the atlanta airport no one's missing a meal on mac wilburn's watch
2: I told you we're here because of support from Oxygen Financial. They're a sponsor of The Collector and the Dealer, but where my wife and I are, that's also in part thanks to Oxygen Financial. We have been personal clients of Oxygen for several years now, and originally it was for help with our taxes, looking to pay what we're supposed to, but not more And we had been paying more for years, actually, it turned out. With Oxygen's help, that immediately changed for the better. And my wife and I decided, let's see what Oxygen thinks of our investments and overall strategy. Well, three years later, after making that choice, I can tell you we breathe easier when it comes to the market than at any time before getting with Oxygen Financial. And that's including the current issues all of us everywhere are dealing with. If you might have a question about where you and your family are, any at all, take the step we did and visit OxygenFinancial.com. You can get a free copy of Oxygen's 21-Day Budget Cleanse, as well as Oxygen's guide on how to save up to $100,000 in taxes in 2020, just for telling them you heard Chuck talking about it. Breathe easier about life. Visit (music) OxygenFinancial.com. A popular thought in the
1: sports card world is that there's two camps, those that love the hobby and those that profit from the industry. Thanks to Sports Card Investor, you can do both. Jeff Wilson has built his Sports Card Investor YouTube channel and his personal website, SportsCardInvestor.com, so that if you're a beginner looking to flip cards for cash or a returning veteran to the hobby wanting to make sure you get the best deals ahead of any emerging price trends, Sports Card Investor is for you. Sports Card Investor, the leading source for videos, podcasts and articles about investing in sports cards. Profit from the hobby you love by visiting sportscardinvestor.com.
2: We are back with the collector and the dealer. It is episode 31, never anything like 2020 not in this industry or this hobby at all and uh, one of the changes that you have made, Joe, um, at your 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 shop just, you know, both the bricks and mortar and online, I guess. Um, You had come up with a cash now offering where folks with collections that would be appropriately valued at, you know, whatever thousands of dollars that you would give them a portion of that cash up front uh, so that they wouldn't have because there are people who want to turn cards into cash and whether they're submitting them for grading and then putting them online to sell. I'm not exaggerating. It can be an eight to 12 month process right now. And you decided back in December, you know what? I'm gonna get put some cash in people's hands. Um, I have to imagine that given the backdrop of the world we live in right now that uh, that has been a pretty popular response.
3: Yeah, and we haven't really promoted it that heavily yet. Uh, There's so much demand just for grading period. Um, We have, people have embraced the fact We used to take money up front for grading. It was just the easiest way. Prepay, it's done. As soon as you get your cards back, you know, it's taken care of. But because PSA has slowed so much, we're basically letting customers now just pay for their grading once the cards come back. Um, But the other thing we are offering is a cash now option. If they've got stuff that we're interested in, uh, we'll go ahead and give them a cash advance towards purchasing the cards or towards consigning the cards on the back end. So that helps people uh, be able to turn their cards into cash immediately, at least get some money in their hands as soon as they let go of them. And then we can determine the the real market value and the final offer once they come back from PSA, because until they're graded, we don't know know, what the real market value is going to be.
2: Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about grading in the backlog. And I know that that is directly from the company they're saying it's breaks, it's case breaks, it's modern rippers. Um, It's, it's not the vintage cards. You know, you're waiting on your 1980 Ricky Henderson. That's not the issue. Um, You know, because they're so backed up with vintage cards. It's all the new. Talk about uh, like the most recent package you got back from PSA. When had you submitted those cards? Uh,
3: As Right now, we're getting stuff back. On vintage, we're getting stuff back sooner than the modern because they're further behind on the modern. Like yesterday, we got a shipment back on vintage that we had sent in in mid-July. But on the modern stuff, um, we're still stuck at stuff that we've submitted in late May and early June. So they're pretty much at the eight-month mark on those right now.
2: And I know that there have been at least one price hike, maybe a, you know, rejiggering of the categories and such, uh, specifically from PSA. And I think Beckett has done it as well. Um, But part of that was we're going to hire personnel. We're going to try to emerge from this glut. And the shutdown that we had for a month or three months or however long Collector's Universe out in California was shut down. New Jersey as well. Um, Have you seen any tangible change since the, quote, improvements from the grading companies?
3: The flow of communication has definitely improved as far as the access to the data that they give us, as far as when cards are making progress. uh, And we're actually working on uh, a tool which is going to allow us to communicate in real time to customers when their submissions move through the grading process and move from one stage to the other. Um, They have not only added a large number of employees, they have purchased more, taken over more property in surrounding areas to expand their operations. Uh, I had one customer who was like, they just need to hire more people and get my cards done. And I'm like, understand they're doing, I mean, they, they are hiring left and right. I mean, they have, you go on their website right now, it says hiring graders, hiring graders, you know, do you have these qualifications, dot, dot, dot. And so um, they're constantly, I mean, they're, think about it. If they could turn orders inside of a month instead of eight months, think of how much more profitable they yep. would
2: they have so, people, I mean, it's like if they open at 9 a.m., they got guys at 8.30 beating on the glass saying, let me in. I want to buy your product. Um, if they could just literally process every order where people have said, let me give you money. Um, yeah, that stock price, I think, would be uh, even more attractive.
3: Right. Um, which, of course, it's on hold now anyway because of the pending sale. But they, they work. I don't know that they work around the clock, but I've gotten emails from them at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, you know, this order is shipping tomorrow morning. Uh, here's your update on your grades, dot, 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 in the middle of the night. So I know they have, they're certainly working more than an eight-hour day. I know that. I, I don't know the exact hours they keep there, but I know I'm getting emails from employees there around the clock, basically. So, yeah, they're constantly doing, to my knowledge, they're doing everything they can to improve the process, to speed up the process. It just nobody can uh, measure it's just, it's mind boggling. I mean, here's, here's an example, just for our company, Mm -hmm. we submitted more cards in 2020 than we had in the previous 21 years combined in one single year. And so you multiply that across the industry Mm -hmm. and you think about how, you know, trying to keep up with that and you understand how staggering the challenge is for them.
2: Well, let's talk about uh, some cards that would come back with an authentic grade, I believe, is how they would do that. Autographed vintage cards. Um, Let's talk about your experiences, buying, selling, dealing, what you see, both superstars and common guys. Um, Because, you know, I'll see people buy an autographed mantle card, just kind of as a standalone. But there is a really, really niche, I believe, niche uh, part of this industry, this hobby, people who try to collect autographed sets. Um, just give us a, a, an overview of your experience with autographed vintage singles.
3: Um, I, in, I love it when I can buy them in collections. They just don't come along very often. Yeah. I, I've, I've put up a few, I've got an autographed 54 Aaron rookie. Um, that's PSA authenticated. I've got a, I know I've got a 50 Snyder 50s, Mutual um, autographed in my own collection. Because I, it's really cool. I mean, seeing an old '50s card that they personally signed. uh, I don't see them nearly enough, Um, and I've also sold some off. That as soon as it sold, I'm like, ooh, I left money on the table, didn't Mm I? Because it's not like you can just go on eBay and and pull up, you know, autographed 1963 Hank Aaron card and see 50 of them that have sold recently. There may not be any, and so a lot of times I just throw a number out there, and then like when it sells inside of two hours, you're like. Oh, I under-gauge that one for sure. Yeah,
2: Uh, and I've been looking through, like, I was completing a 67 set, and uh, this is probably five years ago, and I'm looking through a box of commons, um, and they're all in top loaders and soft sleeves because, you know, the nicer the condition, the the dealers, you know, they want to present them well. Um, And there was a pitcher for the Cardinals. I think his name was Ray Washburn, and it was in the regular commons box, and the dealer didn't even know he had the card, didn't know it was an autographed card. And it was in blue ballpoint pen on the 67 tops card. And I'm looking at, it, I was like, what an awesome find. Um, because I believe this guy has been passed away for however many years. So I was like, I don't think this is supposed to be in here. And he's like, Oh no, it's, he didn't even know he had it. Um, mm-hmm. and those just all off the cuff, just oddball quote, common, uh, autographs. If it's on a 55 year old card, that's, that's kind of cool.
3: Yeah, it is. It is. And, um, I have one big collection at the store. I need to show them to you next time you come by of uh of hand on auto. I don't think any of it's from the 50s. A lot of it's 80s, 70s, 80s, stuff like that. And uh most of it's common guys, but it's yeah, you know, it's still cool. And we sell them to to team collectors and things like that sometimes. But uh um we we actually do offer that service. We actually have gotten in several just in the past week of people who just wanted to get their cards PSA authentic, you know, on on autographs. And some of it's vintage, some of it's modern. But uh, that is a a trending service that a lot of people like to have done. We've done a lot of that with Beckett as well. Um, Both on standard size cards, oversized cards. A lot of people have, like, 5 by 7 mantle card signs, stuff like that. They love to get slabbed.
2: That's just fantastic stuff when you're running across those old autograph commons especially. Um, right, oh, Joe buys a box. Man said Joe's buying a box. We do that every week before we get to the weekend. Joe's going to tell us uh, what box he's buying. He's going to rip it. What's he going to find? How much is it going to cost? Joe, what do you got this week?
3: This week, I'm going with the brand new 2020 Topps Heritage High Number Baseball. Uh, It's 24 packs per box. Uh, Every box has an autograph or relic card. Of course, this is the high series designed after the 1971 Topps. They have uh, you know, a variety of inserts and, and uh, cards, you know, designed after 71 celebrating things that happen in the 2020 season. So there's new rookies. Um, the cards are five, hundred one to 700. And then they've also got 25 short prints, but there's, White border parallels and flip stock, like there was back in the day. So gold borders, you name it. Lots of uh, lots of fun for collectors of all ages.
2: And I think that um, the seven, 19 the original nineteen seventy one tops greatest baseball memories or moments or whatever that that real limited test issue was. Um, there's actually a nod to that in twenty twenty tops heritage as well. With I believe some of the box toppers, maybe
3: correct. Yeah, they have the oversized box toppers based on the seventy one. Uh, yeah, that very rare 71 test issue.
2: That, that, that's awesome. All right. Chuck's Vintage Set of the Week brought to you by Oxygen Financial. Oxygenfinancial.net. Uh, breathe easy, folks, with Oxygen Financial. I certainly do. Again, my personal recommendation, I got all my money and financial interest with Oxygen, and uh, they have really done a great job for us. Uh, my Vintage Set of the Week, this one's weird, I'm going to tell you. And it's almost unfortunate, uh, if, if you can use that word, but 1980-81 tops basketball cards? Joe, why'd they do it? Why? I
3: have no clue. As we we talked previously, I hope the guy who designed those got fired because it's one of the worst ideas, I think, it, ever.
2: Yeah, and what it is, it's, it's, it looks like a full-size basketball card that they have shrunk down to literally a third of the size because they have three miniature cards sort of perforated together. So you can bend them and kind of snap them apart if you want to. And the kick in the pants is... Larry Bird and Magic Johnson are in here and they're on these weird funky looking perforated rookie cards.
3: Yeah, and to make it more confusing, there's multiple variations. you can get, you know, this third of a of a card with Bird, you know, with Magic Johnson and Dr. J, or you can get it with two other guys, or you can get it I had a friend who had had an entire vending case of that back in the day that he broke down. And he said it was the worst nightmare ever trying to build complete sets because, you know, there's you have to have like each version of Bird version of Magic to really have a complete set. He has to be like like I think John Long is with Magic on one version and Ron Boone and you've got to mix and match. And he said it's just a sorting nightmare.
2: Yeah, they've uh, the Larry Bird rookie and the Magic Johnson rookie. They're together on card number six with Julius Irving. And then there's card number 48, which has the uh, Larry Bird rookie with two other guys. Card 49 has Bird with two other guys. So does card 94. Card number 66, 111, and 146 have Magic with two other guys. It's just, a, just an awful missed opportunity by Topps. But like I said, everybody always knows what the 1980-81 Topps basketball cards are uh, because of that design, no doubt. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of The Collector and the Dealer. See y'all in seven days.
0: This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.